1: to help resolve their ED.
0: And we're back, ED Radio Podcast. Certified sex therapist Mark Goldberg joins us today. We're gonna to be discussing a topic related to erectile dysfunction, sexual health and psychology and mental health. These are the key parts of our podcast, and this is the lane we like to stay in. With that in mind, we're going to discuss when premature ejaculation causes strife in relationships. Okay, because this condition is a bit unique, as you may have heard on some of our other conversations surrounding premature ejaculation, I want Mark to first establish for our listeners What premature ejaculation is, and then we'll talk a little bit about the physical and mental components.
1: Okay, so premature ejaculation is a both physical and uh, mental uh, condition where a man ejaculates uh, rapidly. Rapidly has a number of definitions, but the consensus in terms of what qualifies as premature ejaculation seems to be somewhere between um, ejaculating in less than one to less than three minutes from the onset of sexual activity. Um, Premature ejaculation also has to cause um, distress, and it generally uh, is hallmarked by a, a sense of lack of control over the ejaculatory process. Uh, those are the are the three conditions that really create or or make the diagnosis of premature ejaculation.
0: I'm curious, is and and we will discuss the relationship dynamics in just a second here, but I want to know if a lack of sexual confidence could cause premature ejaculation. Maybe that's because the person who is having the issue with premature ejaculation is maybe inexperienced in sex or perhaps they just don't have a lot of confidence in their sexual abilities. Mark, let's, let's uh, have you give, up, give us your thoughts on that first.
1: Like many sexual dysfunctions, Anything that's going on inside of a person's brain, anything that they're thinking about, can be a contributing factor. When it comes to premature ejaculation, we are looking down, you know, two primary roads in terms of what might be at play. One is in overexcitation, where a person is just uh, either physically or mentally uh, becoming very, very excited to the point that they are ejaculating very, very rapidly. And the other is um, looking at an inability to control the ejaculation, which may be due to a number of factors. One of them that we would be certainly curious about is a lack of sexual confidence. Um, So if somebody is feeling like they don't have control and they're feeling a pressure to do something, to try to delay it, but they don't know what they are doing, or they don't feel confident in those skills, that pressure can certainly lead to an inability to mentally slow down or control the process of ejaculation.
0: So the reason we think this subject warrants its own podcast is because, as we were talking about earlier in this episode, premature ejaculation is a little bit of a unique sexual issue. And it has many different facets to it. And one of those is the relationship issue that it could cause. Because if a man achieves climax, he could be happy. Then, of course, we've talked about um, that, that kind of after having climax, a man may be looking for the remote control or maybe looking for a bag of chips and they're ready to move on and their sexual needs have been satisfied but satisfaction and sex is a two-way street both parties really you'd want in an ideal situation to be happy so can you discuss that dynamic first where okay we have this issue premature ejaculation but the man has climaxed and the woman hasn't what what where do you go from there
1: so there's a number there's a number of components to this so let's just kind of back up for a moment so Uh, Premature ejaculation is a, generally speaking, it's a subjective condition. And what I mean by that is if distress is one of the hallmarks or it's one of the definitions or one of the conditions that needs to be met um, in order to make a diagnosis of premature ejaculation, then each uh, man who's experiencing ejaculation rapidly and their partner would actually need to be a part of that diagnosis. So I think it's very difficult to paint uh, partnered sexual activity with broad strokes, um, and that would be to assume that um, you know partners of men who are experiencing premature ejaculation are upset or distressed by, by the rapid ejaculation. Um, what, what the research, sh- uh, shows over and over and over again, and what I see in my office time, you know, day, day in and day out is, um, men who are experiencing premature ejaculation grossly over exaggerate and overestimate the impact that it's having on a partner. Um, certainly for, for men in heterosexual relationships, um, Penetrative sex, which generally is the measure that's being used for premature ejaculation, oftentimes um, does not deliver the peak experience uh, that many of their female partners are looking for, and um, men are often exaggerating um, the role that um, you know, penetration of a penis has in their partner's overarching experience. So first and foremost, before we rush to make that assumption that it is causing distress or whatnot, I want to first acknowledge that that I think many men who are listening to this are going to be more worried than actually maybe justified. And a lot of it has to do with assumptions that they're making about their partner or not communicating properly with their partner. Now that being said, that certainly is not the case for everybody. And there are partners that are upset by or distressed by how rapid things go. I also would just make note that there is a fundamental difference between a man who's ejaculating after five seconds of penetrative sex and a man who's ejaculating after, you know, two minutes and 45 seconds. These generally are very different profiles in terms of partner dissatisfaction and how much distortion a man has um, between his perceptions and what actually is happening on the partner? And So I want to acknowledge that, that while, you know, we're just quantifying, you know, this, just putting all these different experiences into a, a definition of premature ejaculation, partners are going to react, and the same partner is very likely going to react differently to ejaculation after five seconds or less, and ejaculation after two minutes and 45 seconds. It's just very different experiences on the whole. Um, so, you know, all that being said, um, question that I think you asked, Casey, is what is somebody supposed to do if this is the case? Is that correct? Yeah. Where would you go? Okay. So, so first things first, um, communication. I think communication with all of this is absolutely key. Um, my experience in doing this work has been that there is very little talk happening for couples who are distressed. And there's a lot of assumptions. So, oftentimes, um, and I'll just use, again, a heterosexual couple here as an example, because that's what's coming to mind for me. Um, The man is thinking that he didn't last long enough, and his partner is really disappointed. She's thinking that um, he's going to be frustrated. So, now she's getting nervous that he's going to get frustrated. He's seeing her tensing up or, or, you know, pulling back from the experience, and he's attributing it to his performance issues. And it kind of gets them into this cycle. And if the couple were to just be able to communicate about some of this and talk about what actually works for each of them, what they're both looking for, more often than not, um, the couple's able to create a very satisfactory experience irrespective of the ejaculatory latency period. That's number one. Number two, if uh, people are up in their heads and they're doing a lot of thinking, it does detract from pleasure and um, it does erode a lot of these sexual experiences. Now, um, like we pointed out earlier... There is an, excite, an overexcitation factor which may be involved in premature ejaculation, but there may also be other uh, stressors which lead to a lack of control. Um, a fear of a fear of disappointment might trigger a rapid ejaculation. Um, not wanting a partner to be disappointed, um, Hyper-focusing on trying to control uh, the process and thinking about that could lead. To early release. So we're really talking about a rapid ejaculation that's driven not so much by excitation, but is driven much more by a inability, an inability to control because of the distress, because of the fear of disappointing a partner. So that communication go a long way towards helping that process. Once the communication is in place, if it is in over-excitation or getting too excited, that's contributing to this, being able to work with a partner to talk about how do we regulate some of the excitement? Is there something that we have to change in our routine, in our script? Is there another way we want to go about doing this to extend this period? Generally speaking, I'm not a big advocate of limiting pleasure. I don't believe that 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 should be the overarching goal, but I think being able to modulate some of the excitement that comes with that pleasure um might be a strategy that couples want to enact. But again, this really requires open communication um, about uh, their sexual relationship.
0: Yeah, I like how you describe that. It feels like, you know this excitement when it comes to sex is almost like this bundle of energy, right? And rather than having it all release at once, in an ideal situation, you would kind of release that gradually, that energy gradually reaching climax. Of course, that's just how my brain breaks it down, and it's probably a lot easier
1: said than done, but I do like how you frame that. Yeah, and, and, and I'll just I'll piggyback on that moment. I'll just give I'll give our listeners an, an anecdote. Um, I have worked with a number of men who do have pretty pretty solid like control over ejaculation if they are on their own. Um, but with a partner, um, they, they seem to struggle. And, and, and what I've seen is that in some instances, men feel like they are obligated to perform for their partner's pleasure. And when it comes to just, down, just slowing things down a little bit, um, not being as intense or as forceful, being able to just kind of like, again, regulate some of that excitement... They feel like they don't have that option out of fear of disappointing the partner. So they keep up in intensity that they would not keep up on their own. They would you know, slow things down, decrease the intensity, decrease the frequency in order to extend that experience. But because they don't have that communication with the partner and they feel like it's their responsibility to deliver a certain type of experience, it actually leads to just not implementing some of the tools that they already have. To extend the experience in an effective way, and I know it sounds almost intuitive as I'm describing it, um, but but there've been a number of men that I've worked with that that didn't really put two and two together, that they felt this pressure to perform in a certain type of way, which prevented them from better, you know, controlling the intensity of the experience and ultimately being able to extend it.
0: Yes, very true. I want to talk a little bit more about this cycle of Premature ejaculation, strife in a relationship, one of them causing the other. Um, because if a man has premature ejaculation and it's in their head that their partner is upset at them or growingly impatient about this issue, that itself is enough to trigger premature
1: ejaculation once again, is it not? So how do we break that cycle? So it's a it's a, a great question. Um, I, I think um, it, it could lead to a reinforcement of premature ejaculation. It also has a possibility of leading toward erectile dysfunction uh, because that level of uh, interpersonal stress and anxiety um, is um, it, it's a lot. So the question of how how do we break the cycle? So there there are two general roads that I see. One is that a man has created a lot of the story in his own head and um, he looks at uh, facial cues or uh, is trying to measure level of interest based on on clues that he's picking up in the environment. The couple's not actually communicating. They're not actually checking in with each other. There is no talk. Um, Unfortunately, um, I think for all of us, once we have a fear inside of us, we do pick up anecdotal information and interpret it that way to almost confirm what we're already afraid of. And a lot of times that's off kilter. So that's one road. And I think communication is what works to resolve that. The other type of man that presents is uh, they're living with a very critical partner. Um, It's not, it's not happening by um, uh, misreading cues or interpreting facial, facial language. Um, the partner is actually very critical. The partner is very frustrated. Um, and he or she is very open about past experiences, um, about, uh, what their expectations are, um, about how, uh, unsatisfied they are in bed. And this can create a, a mounting pressure, um, that I think becomes, uh, a lot more challenging to overcome. Um, because it's not just a mental experience. It's not just something which is being misinterpreted. It's actually happening. Um, and that level of pressure can um, overwhelm a lot of men. In those instances, I, I think working with a professional in couples counseling um, to address that probably is what makes the most sense. It, my, my hunch is that in many of these instances that um criticism is not limited to uh, sexual function and it's not limited to uh, the bedroom. And a couple probably would benefit from dealing with this dynamic more broadly. Um, And that would be my recommendation. I think it's a very difficult thing for um, couples who find themselves already in that cycle with open verbal communication to that extent to really step out of that on their own.
0: Yeah, my takeaways from this are there has to be a good underlying connection in the relationship, right? If your partner is critical at you all the time and you're not jiving as a couple, maybe there's a bigger issue going on there. Um, And and maybe this isn't the supportive partner you you really need. That's that's the first thing that I think of. Um, Secondly, I'll say when you talk about communication, it kind of... Makes me think this goes maybe even beyond the bedroom, right? You could think about someone who thinks maybe my boss is mad at me. Maybe I I did something wrong and they're just not communicating it to me. And then that cycle starts where they start making mistakes or they start being resentful. They're not comfortable in their own work environment. So I think communication is a big piece of this overall puzzle when premature ejaculation may be causing strife in the relationship because maybe it's really not as bad as it seems and maybe it's just in your head. So I really appreciate that. That's my takeaways as a um, as someone who's certainly not an expert on this and is just listening to you speak um,
1: as an expert. Yeah, so, so what you're describing a little bit is, is uh, similar to uh, social anxiety or social phobia where um, – uh, just stepping into a social setting or with another person, um, you know, people who are experiencing that social phobia um, have a script, pretty powerful narrative going on inside of their head. Um, it's loud. Um, it's you know, this person doesn't like you. They don't want to talk to you. Nobody. That kind of script, I think, does have an association. We could talk about this in another episode with conditions like premature ejaculation, certainly in an interpersonal setting. Um, So that level of almost like mind reading and filling in with a generally a negatively bent script um, about all the bad things somebody else is thinking about you or or how unwanted you may be uh, certainly has a correlation uh, with conditions like premature ejaculation.
0: Do you think a sexual therapist could be helpful to a man dealing with premature ejaculation issues, especially if they're convinced it's psychological?
1: I mean, obviously, I'm very biased when it comes to this. My my answer is uh, unequivocally yes. Um, And I I, want to emphasize, I think it's twofold. So, some of premature ejaculation has a very uh, strong physical component to it. I think some men are probably predisposed for premature ejaculation and they have a, uh, a heightened sensitivity um, to that process in the body, whether that's a heightened sensitivity to um, uh, excitement or that's a heightened sensitivity in terms of um, the signaling in the body. Um, I, I want to acknowledge that. That being said, I think a, a sex therapist can help um, in two ways. One, I think that there are a number of things that can be done to help better regulate that process, um, to help kind help uh, increase the ejaculatory latency period, I mean the amount of time between sexual activity and ejaculation. Um, there's behavioral, there's psychological. Um, and number two is certainly for men who find themselves in a um, in a partnered relationship. Um, I think being able to, um, "Develop the tools to communicate about this um, really makes a huge difference in the overall quality of life because I'll reiterate to our listeners, again, it is a subjective uh, diagnosis. So if you and your partner are not distressed, if you have uh, sexual routines that are mutually beneficial, mutually satisfying, pleasurable, uh, they allow for the, both the physical and emotional connection that the two of you like, there's nothing wrong with ejaculating, more quickly um, than you once did or more quickly than you might want to or that you've seen um, in some form of media there's nothing wrong with that if two people are satisfied so a sex therapist can help an individual and and or a couple develop those tools um, to create in a, a much more satisfying overall experience Um, even if ejaculatory latency is not extended to the desired point.
0: And Mark, I want to give you the final word here on our topic today, premature ejaculation and relationship issues. Is there anything else we missed or any other final thoughts
1: you want to give to our listeners before we close it out? The one last thought I would add is that like other sexual dysfunctions, there is a compounding effect. So while... I'll emphasize this, um, rapid, uh, ejaculating rapidly at times is totally normal. No reason for alarm. Don't even need to pick up the phone and call a therapist. It's going to happen from time to time uh, for reasons that I don't think are worthwhile investing in to figure out and just to accept that uh, for for from time to time there will be rapid ejaculation. However, if you are noticing a sustained pattern of rapid ejaculation, the quicker you um, get to uh, either a medical or a uh, mental health or a sexual health expert, uh, the quicker you're going to be able to resolve this because sexual func- sexual function and sexual dysfunction and the mind tend to have a compounding effect like other uh, anxieties or whatnot. As, as the uh, script gets written in our heads and it gets written over and over and over again, it does become more entrenched. So the quicker people reach out for help and um, look to get ahead of this process, the easier it's going to be to address these issues and and resolve them for the long term.
0: Thanks for listening to the Erectile Dysfunction radio podcast. For more information on today's topic and understanding how the mind impacts erectile dysfunction, please visit ErectionIQ.com. That's ErectionIQ.com.